number three of the David Glenn Show. It begins right now. Dave Nathan in for the vacationing. DG on our Voices of Carolina edition of the broadcast. You've heard from the likes of Eric Montross and Jerry Stackhouse on all things Carolina basketball. On the football side of things, three current players, Cade Fortin, Jace Reuter, Sam Howell, current offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, former running back, Natrone Means. Bubba Cunningham also gave us the big picture of Carolina athletics as he's the AD in Chapel Hill looking to kick off another fantastic season with the beginning of school right around the corner and all these fall sports getting ready to kick off. And in case you haven't noticed, there's a bunch of sports being played over at Carolina and uh, most of those having tons of success over the course of time. One of those sports, believe it or not, they play fall baseball. It doesn't get a lot of notoriety, but once the real season gets underway in February and hopefully trickles into the month of June, the Diamond Heels have been as good of a baseball program as there's been nationally in the Mike Fox era, which has now spanned over 20 years. One of the most important players in Coach Fox's tenure, Robert Woodard. As a matter of fact, Coach Fox quoted as saying that no player in his tenure at Carolina has had more of an impact on the program than Robert Woodard. 34 wins over the course of four seasons as a Tar Heel. Never lost a game at home. And uh, Coach Woodard, cerebral, doesn't even begin to explain what type of person he is off the field. And that certainly plays into his job as Carolina's pitching coach and now as the head coach with the Charlotte 49ers, where he hails from, having played his high school baseball at uh, Myers Park, had uh, a cup of coffee in the pros with the San Diego Padres before making it up to AAA before his retirement. Uh, coached at Virginia Tech as an assistant, UNCW as well. And again, after three years back with the Tar Heels as Carolina's pitching coach, all for his first head coaching job with the Charlotte 49ers. Well, Coach, it's been a whirlwind last, I don't know, nine to 12 months for you from a, a little bit of a, a question as to whether or not you're going to dip your toe into professional baseball with the Rangers to coaching at Carolina last year to now getting your first head coaching job with the Charlotte 49ers. You tell me in your words what these last several months have been like professionally speaking. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's hard. It's very mixed emotions, honestly. I, I, that's how I could probably describe it best from the standpoint that, I mean, you're when you're the pitching coach at North Carolina, you have the best college pitching coach job in the country. And then, you know, when the Rangers situation happened, it was – a pretty, pretty appealing and um, opportunity to potentially, you know, get onto the pro side and potentially work my way into a major league dugout one day. Um, and then, you know, thankfully, thankfully with the, you know, more talking with Coach Fox and Coach Forbes and Coach Weir's Bicky that, and the team just really didn't feel like it was the right time. So um, was was blessed to be able to stay on and and have another run with the heels and then, yeah. And then two, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, the division one program in my home hometown city, um, Charlotte opened up and, um, you know, so now it's a, it's a new opportunity there to go home. I know home has never felt so good. I saw your mother at a number of games this year, and we had talked about it that you just, from a year-to-year -year basis, you never know where you might be. And to have her around Chapel Hill as much as she was this past year, I know she's got to be as thrilled as anybody that, that her son is coming back home. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, she's excited. And, you know, I went down to Charlotte for the interview and uh, toward the campus. And then after the interview was over the ride um, to my mom's house was about a 25, 30 minute ride. And, um, you know, just as a baseball person, you kind of go where the opportunity is and you never really know where that's going to be. And for, for this opportunity to, you know, my first head coaching opportunity to be in my hometown and you know, be able to have home 30 minutes from, um, you know, the stadium and my office, it's, it's pretty special. It's pretty unique. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly excited to, to be close to them and, uh, and, and more friends that I grew up with. Uh, a lot of them live in Charlotte still and, and still not very far from, um, from Chapel Hill. So we're not in the same conference. So um, I'll be able to, we'll be able to help each other with a lot of different things and I'll stay in close touch with the players and the coaching staff. So um, I, I really do feel, you know, blessed to, to, to be back there and be closer to family. That's Robert Woodard, the new head baseball coach at Charlotte with the 49ers. Spent the last three years as Carolina's pitching coach. And, of course, going back to his playing days, the winningest pitcher in Carolina baseball history. And talk about how you coach and how you develop players. Uh, coach Woodard, I don't know if there's been a better program at developing talent over the last few years than Carolina with close to 20 kids <laughs> drafted in the last two drafts. I don't know if anybody comes into school a ready-made pro baseball player, but over the course of two and sometimes three and four years, how has Carolina turned out about as many as anybody in the country? <laughs> well, you know, Scott Jackson told me back in 2011, he said, Woody, rule number one is never stop recruiting. So you certainly have to, you know, you certainly have to recruit talented players, but not only, but, but beyond that, you have to recruit players with high character um, an, a, an immense amount of competitiveness and confidence. And, that, and that's what we really look for on the recruiting trail. I mean, the talent's going to jump off the page, but then you got to talk with these kids and their families on the phone and get them on campus and spend time with them and see what makes them tick and see, see what their makeup is. And that that's, those are the things that even, I mean, back going back to the Chad Holbrook, Roger Williams days of recruiting players for North Carolina. I mean, that's, that's been the MO at Carolina again, prior to just these last two drafts. So um, that's, that's certainly kind of where it starts is on the recruiting trail. And then when kids get to campus, you want to, it starts with our training staff and our strength staff evaluating them. They're on the strengths and weaknesses, um, any deficiencies they have and trying to enhance those. And then they start class and we start, you know, skill work and trying to find their, you know, find what the things that they need to improve skill-wise and develop those, and then we get into scrimmages, and then they compete and and put that to work, and and just it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a steady process if I could if I could describe it, and then, um, you know, but it certainly starts on the recruiting trail with getting the right the right type of players, and and boy, have we had had just unbelievable players in that locker room in the last 15, 20 years, really. That's a Robert Woodard, new head baseball coach with the Charlotte 49ers, talking uh, our national pastime with us. Coach, you said you had the best pitching coach job in the country at Carolina, and based on how kids have performed at the next level and just getting to the next level, that's been reflected here as of late. Your career, and you know how difficult it is to get to Major League Baseball, but to have Zach Gallen, Trevor <laughs> Kelly, Trent Thornton all caught up within a matter of months 
explain what a feat that is to have three kids from the same team that played on the same club together at Carolina all make their debuts this year in the bigs. It's just special. Um, it's just special because they're such great people. Um, they're so humble. They're, they're team, they were always team first guys. Um, Zach Gallon was working out in our, you know, in our Boschmer Stadium weight room all winter. Um, you know, all those guys come back. So there's, it's just, it's just neat to see some, you know, the, the former Tar Heels that were some of the biggest team guys have individual success at the highest level. Well, I know that you've got some uh, things on your plate, uh, professionally speaking here. And in addition to, uh, I'm sure, relocating and finding a new place to live and, and getting a new look at the office here, in terms of, of what you have to do baseball-wise with your new program, what are some things that you feel like you have to address pretty quickly with the 49ers? Well, we've, you know, we've been working really hard to assemble um, what we feel is, is the best, most dynamic, versatile coaching staff we are able to do so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on with pitching coach responsibilities in conjunction with being the head coach um so I'll have I'll have a good amount on my plate which will be fun um but then we've got uh, Bo Robinson who's been with the program for a long time and was an all-american player there he's one of the most respected coaches in the industry uh, he's been elevated to associate head coach so he and I are going to really work close closely together because there's nobody that knows the program better than Bo Robinson. So, and, and he and I have known each other for almost 20 years. So I'm excited to work with him. We've got uh, a, a Charlotte 49er alum and Ross Steedley, former catcher, uh, Gardner Webb recruiting coordinator. He's also going to be an assistant coach for us. And then we've created a brand new position um, for Tyler Simmons, who was last year's volunteer assistant in the program and he's going to be our new uh, full-time director of player development. So I, I'm just, I'm ex that's, that for me is the, pr the main priority is assembling um, not only just the best baseball people I can, but, but some of my closest friends in the game to be in there in the offices with every day and just work together and bring some, bring as much positive energy to the field and practice and um, the dugout as I can, as we can. Um, so that's been priority one. And we've, We've made some good strides there. Um, and then, you know, the stride two is uh, getting to know our, our current team, um, guys that are returning. There is, there is not much downtime as we speak right now. All right, listen, the middle of February is going to be here before we know it, and there's going to be a whole <laughs> bunch of Charlotte 49er baseball fans uh, in and around Chapel Hill, I'm sure, wishing you the best. Because as they say, Coach, good jobs don't come open often, and it's been almost 30 years since there's been a different – a Charlotte baseball coach outside of Coach Hibbs. It's a good sure. job. You're a great fit, and I know that you're going to have good things happening in the Queen City for Charlotte baseball. Thank you so much, Dave. I've, I've certainly loved our time together and getting to know you, and, and um, I'm just I'm excited now just to, to get going with the 49ers and uh, we'll certainly be pulling for the heels from afar. We're, we're not on the schedule for next year, but Coach Forbes and I are already working on two games for 2021. And that's the new head baseball coach in Charlotte, Robert Woodard, of course, a Carolina graduate and a couple of stints as an assistant with the Diamond Heels, 34-5 and all-time record, 22-0 and in Boschmer Stadium, and back-to-back uh, -back College World Series finals in 2006 and 2007 for uh, Coach Woodard as a player, as a coach. 
Going back to the 2010 uh, season with the Tar Heels, where Coach Woodard spent two full seasons as an assistant, the Tar Heels won almost 100 games, 97 and 32, and made it to the 2011 College World Series. Wrapping up his second stint in Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels got to the College World Series in 2018 as Coach Woodard was the pitching coach for the Diamond Heels and uh, the number of players that he has tutored that have gone on to a big things or on their way to big things uh, just as staggering uh, from at least a player standpoint as what he did as a player. J.B. Bukowskis, uh, big-time arm and the ACC Pitcher of the Year a few seasons back. Uh, Josh Hyatt recently drafted as well. Gianluca Delatri coming back for his senior season after battling uh, two years' worth of injuries after a freshman All-America performance three years back. Um, and those are that's just a small sample size of the impact that Coach Woodard has had on some of the more recent Carolina players. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you about some of those other players that I referenced in the interview. Trent Thornton, Zach Gallen, Trevor Kelly, all making their Major League debuts this year. And for those of you that follow baseball, maybe it's all the way from the college ranks up to the bigs, or maybe it's just the bigs. No matter where it is, making it onto a Major League Baseball team when it comes to professional sports, it's got to be one of the most difficult things to do once you get out of whatever amateur sport that you're playing. Uh, it's not easy to make it as a pro anywhere, but the number of hoops that you have to jump through and the number of things that have to be aligned perfectly to make it onto that final roster in, in the majors and then to stick there after that, it, um, it'll blow your mind. And Carolina has been fortunate to have four total players called up just this year. Sky Bolt, an outfielder for the A's, also got a call up uh, a few months back. But uh, three different pitchers that were all a part of uh, the same club, I think, at one point for Carolina, all making their Major League debuts this year. And we'll enlighten you on Zach Gallon, Trent Thornton, and Trevor Kelly when we come back for more of our Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Dave Nathan continuing our baseball theme here in hour number three on our Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show. Having just heard from Robert Woodard, we're going to check in with Bryant Gaines, who is succeeding Coach Woodard as Carolina's pitching coach. And like Robert Woodard, Bryant Gaines pitched at Carolina, has uh, coached elsewhere, having been on Liberty staff for the last three seasons, and now comes back to Carolina. But before we hear from... Carolina's current pitching coach. Let's just go back and recap some of the uh, three players, at least the three pitchers that have made their major league debuts this year from out of the Carolina program. And we'll start with Trent Thornton since he was the first one to get the call up. He debuted back in late March with the Blue Jays. And it's been kind of an up and down year for the former Tarly. He's won four games as ERA's up over five. He does have 110 strikeouts in 114 innings, but uh, he, he's been a consistent starter in that Blue Jays rotation since the beginning of the season. And uh, I, I think back to Thornton's career and that first year, that 2013 College World Series team, uh, Trent Thornton was dynamic out of the bullpen that year for Carolina, I think going nine and one 
that season. And in between all that, I don't know how many people would remember this, although I'm guessing a lot of people remember that epic 18-inning game in Durham against North Carolina State in the ACC Baseball Championship six years ago. Trent Thornton, in a reliever's role, went six and two-thirds of no-hit baseball against one of the best teams in the ACC. I mean, that was a semifinal game between Carolina and State, so it's not like it was two bad teams sauntering on through 18 innings of play. That was high-level baseball for six hours and three minutes. Right down to the minute, that game took six hours and three minutes. I think it ended just before 2 o'clock in the morning, right before Carolina had to go back out there the next day and beat Virginia Tech for an ACC title, one of uh, three titles, I believe, for Coach Fox, the third of which uh, having come just this past year right back in Durham. But Trent Thornton was absolutely electric that night. Carlos Rodon, meanwhile, on the other side for NC State, I think he went 10 innings of uh, maybe one or two hit baseball against Carolina. So the pitching in that game was fantastic from start to finish. And Trent Thornton certainly had a piece in that game and was a big part of that season for Carolina with uh, the Diamond Heels winning 59 games in 2013. And I don't believe lost back-to-back games all year. You want to talk about a stretch? Baseball's a long season, and it's a funny sport, and the best team doesn't always win. Well, Carolina was the best team 59 times that year and never lost back-to-back games in 2013. Also, 39-2 and during one stretch six years ago. That was a team that was solid. A year later, a young kid named Zach Gallon shows up on the scene out of Gibbsboro, New Jersey. Phenomenal family. And Zach Gallon had a solid, solid career at Carolina. Team-wise, the Diamond Heels didn't enjoy the amount of success that they had in in the years that immediately preceded Gallon or immediately followed him. But he was a cornerstone player on some of those teams in the mid-2000s. And you began to wonder after he was drafted by St. Louis and um, and then traded to Miami, at what point is Zach Gallon going to get a shot at the bigs? Because in the minor league ranks this year in AAA, he was 9-1 with an ERA under 2 with 112 strikeouts and 91 innings and an opponent's average of 153. That's what you're doing at the AAA level. And I'm just saying there's a chance you could do okay at the big league level. Well, Gallon got his chance this year making his debut just about two months ago for the Marlins. And uh, the debut, it went well. So well, as a matter of fact, that he was kept on and then eventually traded by the Marlins, where he got no run support during the course of time. Now with the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Zach Gallon continues to flourish in the majors, and one can only hope that this is the beginning of what will be a very long and profitable career for uh, Zach Gallon. Just celebrated a birthday, by the way, about a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know he's enjoying his time right now with the Diamondbacks in his first year at the major league level. The third Carolina pitcher that was called up this year, and uh, his stay hasn't been as long as Thornton's and and not as long, uh, at least as Zach Gallon's, but Trevor Kelly, a relief pitcher for Carolina, in his final year, uh, in middle and long relief, he was a go-to guy for Carolina. And with the Red Sox organization, I mean, Darren Vaught, you tell me, outside of the Yankees, is there a more iconic major league organization than the Red Sox? Absolutely not. Maybe outside of the Durham Bulls, is there a more iconic minor league team than the Pawtucket Red Sox? 
Probably not. All right. Well, Trevor Kelly's had a chance to play for both Pawtucket and Boston. Got called up early on in July and uh, was optioned right back down to Pawtucket a couple of days later. But he got a sniff of big league baseball. So three different Carolina pitchers all called up from late March into uh, June and July. And again, Sky Bolt, the fourth former Tar Heel to be called up this year with the Oakland A's and his stay, much like Trevor Kelly's, short, but able to play at the big league level. And uh, Carolina, I think, has had 19 guys drafted in the last two years. Austin Bergner has been drafted twice, and uh, he's on to a pro ball right now after a junior campaign. 19 different guys have, have been picked up in the last two years. So the Tar Heels are churning them out right and left. And Bryant Gaines, Carolina's current pitching coach, will be our next guest here on our Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show after uh, Carolina got to the third game of the Super Regional this year before bowing out to Auburn after racing through the Regionals unbeaten, won the ACC title, sweeping through uh, pool play, and then beating Georgia Tech in the semis and uh, winning an ACC championship this uh, this past year. It was uh, a remarkable year for Carolina on the baseball front. And uh, even though Bryant Gaines wasn't a part of it this year, he was in the building in the regionals when Liberty came back to Chapel Hill, and he'll be in the building next year as Carolina's pitching coach. We'll talk to Bryant Gaines, and we'll talk a little Diamond Hills baseball when we come back on our Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. It's the annual Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show. Dave Nathan in for DG here as we hit the second half of hour number three. So far, it's been baseball this hour. We heard from Robert Woodard at the top of the hour, recapping what Zach Gallen and Trevor Kelly and Trent Thornton have been up to in the bigs as of late. And Bryant Gaines, although his career never reached the big league level, he's a big league guy, let me tell you about that, and a great fit now as Carolina's New pitching coach, having served a three-year stint with former Carolina assistant Scott Jackson at Liberty, and before that, both were in Chapel Hill coaching under Coach Fox. We talked a lot about coaching so far. That we asked the question of Eric Montross. We certainly talked coaches with Bubba Cunningham, Jerry Stackhouse in his first year as the head coach at Vanderbilt. That subject came up. Uh, a little bit and of course it came up with Robert Woodard as well so Darren I kind of get the sense for as much as we talk about the players and put the focus on the guys who go out there and perform that's where coaches I think most of the time want it but we're finding out that there are a whole bunch of former players that have gone into the coaching ranks or if they haven't certainly could have I'm guessing in the case of Eric Montross, had that been an avenue he wanted to pursue, I'm willing to say there would have been a few folks out there willing to take a quote-unquote chance on a guy that knows the game about as well as anybody. And let me tell you, if you listen to our broadcast on the Tar Heel Sports Network, especially if you're able to watch the game, Eric has a way of just making things click. It doesn't matter if he's discussing a high ball screen or where somebody's supposed to go or some other small nuance of the game. It's those sorts of things that, that you take off the broadcast and remember, and it just reminds you how well some folks 
have been schooled in how to play the game. And it's those little things a lot of the time that make these guys as, as good as they were. And Eric was, was a great one, a part of that 1993 national championship team. So uh, it all goes around, and there are different places to go now to stay involved. And for Eric, it's on the Tar Heel Sports Network as uh, an analyst. And for Bryant Gaines, although he's going to be on the radio here in just a few seconds, uh, he is still cutting his teeth in the coaching business. And we talked about that when the conversation came up. Coach, a lot of times when people go in for a job interview, it's the first time that they're meeting their potential new boss face-to-face, -face, and you're in a unique situation where Coach Fox has, has coached you, you've coached with him, he probably knows you backwards and forwards, and as you make a second tour now through Chapel Hill, I'm just kind of curious to know what the job interview situation is like between you and Coach Fox a few weeks ago. Well, you know, it's funny. There really wasn't much of a job interview. Um, it was more or less a phone call, and we talked about each other's families for a little bit. And, you know, he told me he had a position open and asked me if I had some interest in coming back to Carolina. And, you know, I told him I would absolutely, you know, love to come back to Carolina. And then we moved past that after about five to ten seconds, and then we talked about a lot of other things. So it was uh, it's probably definitely an unorthodox type of uh, interview, I guess, if you would call it. Um, but it was something that I feel like both of us felt really comfortable with. And um, it's something I'll never forget. That's for sure. It's interesting in that as stable as Carolina's baseball staff has been over the course of time, this job and Coach Woodard told me a few weeks back that this is the best pitching coach job in America. You're going to be the third different pitching coach in uh, about five years. And having been there with, with Coach Forbes and knowing Coach Woodard as well as you do. What do you hope to bring to this position that's seen a little bit of turnover? Um, I think I really want to try to bring just some stability from the fact that, you know, I, I even though I wasn't here and I haven't coached some of these guys, well, I really haven't coached any of them now that Hanson Butler's out the door. Um, I really want to bring them some familiarity from the standpoint of, you know, I've I've been in their shoes before and – I really want to try to build off of what, you know, Coach Woodard is, has built here, and I certainly want to try to continue to build on the success that's been built here. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna really feed off of my experience and what, what works, you know, in the league and what works for Coach Fox. And, you know, I think if I can do all those things and, you know, help these guys feel comfortable, stay healthy, and then, you know, compete at a high level, I think it's going to be a great experience for all of them. So, you know, I'm just really excited to continue the success that's already been built. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really going to start as soon as we, as soon as we get going in the fall, because we've got, we've got a lot of work to do with a lot of, a lot of new, new faces on the staff. That's Brian Gaines, the new pitching coach with the Diamond Heels. Coach, you, your squad at Liberty last year and the Tar Heels faced off in the regionals uh, a couple of months back. I know you're concerned about your own players at that point, but did you get any feel for what Carolina had pitching-wise at the end of last season? I did. I did. Um, you know, it was funny because you sit back and you watch – you know, especially when you go into a regional setting, you have to be prepared to play, you know, three different teams when you're in a four-team uh, regional. So, you know, I had a chance. I was more or less watching the hitters and the offenses for each of the teams that we played. Um, but once I got done with that, it was very interesting to me to go back and watch the arms that, you know, North Carolina ran out, Tennessee ran out, and UNC Wilmington had too. 
Um, and I also, I also watch North Carolina, you know, many times throughout the year, just because it's my alma mater and it's, if we're not playing them, that's who I pull for. And, you know, there was a lot of things that I really liked some young talent, um, on that pitching staff, you know, with guys like Austin Love and, you know, some others, um, Connor Olio and, you know, he threw against us midweek and, you know, Will Sandy and there's some good young arms. And then the, you got guys that are returning like a Luca Delatri, you know, that's been there and done it and done it on Friday night. So, you know, I think not to sound creepy, but I know a lot more about these guys than I think they think I know. Um, and it's just because I've watched them so much from a distance because that's, you know, that's where I played just like I think any of my teammates that I used to play with used to watch. So, you know, it's um, it'll be fun finally now getting a chance to work with them now that I've seen them so much and then hopefully help them continue to get better and, you know, help us win a championship. Well, there's nothing creepy about that, Coach. And, and I don't want you to feel creeped out either that there are a lot of Tar Heel fans keeping tabs on the flames over the last several <laughs> years with you and Coach Jackson in the dugout. What yeah. – um, what was he like to work with in, in him getting his first head coaching job? You know, it's funny. I've been asked that question a few times. Um, and he he's Scott Jackson was the same guy as a head coach as he was when he was an assistant coach. Just had a little bit different title. And I think that's why he's going to – he's had success and he's going to continue to have success. As, you know, he's the type of guy that certainly commands respect – by, by the way that he treats his players, his staff, really everybody around him. Um, and he's just a pleasure to work with, just like he was when he was at UNC. It's, it's, it was really neat for me getting a chance to see him make that transition from assistant coach to head coach and watching how he managed all that in just such an incredible way. And that's why I know that Liberty's in a great spot with him moving forward because They've got somebody in a, you know, the obviously the highest leadership role. They're, you know, taking that program and those kids in a direction that I think is only going to continue to get better. So it's been, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun to be a part of, and I'm excited to continue to follow them. Now, what about you, Coach? I mean, nobody stays the same, and for you to have the opportunity to go to Liberty and handle your own staff, how are you different now coming back to Carolina than when you left? Um, I'm, I'm very different from just an experience standpoint, you know, coach Jackson, he pretty much would tell me the pictures are yours. The decisions are yours. You know, sometimes even though I may have acted like, okay, you know, this is what I want. I may not have been quite ready for it at times. Um, and that's something that I think has really helped me moving forward. Um, really in all, all aspects of the job, you know, he gave me autonomy with the pitching staff to, you know, throw who I wanted to throw, do practice the way I wanted to do practice, recruit the guys that I wanted to recruit within the parameters of kind of what he wanted. And fortunately for me, we we saw very closely and very eye to eye with, you know, what a good player looks like, how to develop players the right way, and, you know, ultimately how to, how to put them in the best position to have success and win a championship. So, you know, it, 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 it was by far the, the best opportunity for me I had that I've, that I've ever had just from a standpoint of development and learning. And, you know, we were fortunate to where the kids that we brought in were able to continue to get better. And then, you know, we won a championship this past year and went to a regional. So um, it's certainly something that I'll never, 
I'll never forget and I'll, I'll always respect him for giving me that opportunity because it's helped me in so many ways. That's Brian Gaines talking a little baseball with us coming back to Carolina as the new pitching coach in Chapel Hill. Big picture question here, not to do with Liberty or Carolina, but baseball in general. Automated strike zones, robotic strike zones, whatever you want to say about it. That's being tested right now, and if it ever trickles its way down into the college game or finds its way up into the bigs, you've been on the mound. You think you know strike zones. You think you know where to put the ball. How does that impact your job and the jobs of the players that you're coaching? Man, that's a great question. And it's funny because I've thought about that because I, I, I can't remember. I just heard recently about it being used, and I believe it was like an all-star game in, in one of the minor league systems or leagues or something that I can't quite put my finger on right now. But, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about it as far as being in play in a game. Um, the only thing I have to compare to compare it with would be the, the inclusion of replay um, recently. And I've noticed a huge difference just in, you know, it's minimized ejections. It's minimized arguments. Um, it's gotten calls right that would have certainly changed games um, and changed seasons for teams. And I'd be willing to bet that if you did implement that type of thing, you know, as far as a ball and strike call, I mean, who's to say that it wouldn't, you know, only improve the game. I mean, you know, you, you, you get what's right and you get what's wrong and you get a yes and you get a no and there's not really much debate inside of it. So I don't know how I stand on it um, as far as what I want to do it right now, um, but I do. I would certainly be interested to see kind of what it would look like, you know, from a scrimmage standpoint, from a fall standpoint, how it would change the game and how it would kind of manage those emotions that you that you have as coaches and players as far as, you know, what's a ball, what's a strike, you know, all that kind of stuff. So. I can't definitely put myself in as far as in one camp or the other, um, but I would certainly be interested to see kind of what it would do and, and, and how it would relate to, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, game-to-game -to -game basis, you know, how it, how it would play itself out. Well, it sounds like we'll get that chance at some level. It remains to be seen if it's going to happen at our level, but one thing's for certain, Coach, it's good to have you back in the neighborhood and i think a lot of people are already counting the days down until the middle of february when carolina baseball 2020 gets underway well thank you dave i'm certainly excited to be here and we're we got a lot of work to do between now and then but hopefully we'll put a product out there that everybody will be proud of that's brian Gaines, new pitching coach at carolina but the tar hill program anything but new to him a former player having been a part of 162 uh, wins as a player including those 59 back in 2013 in that college world series trip some six years ago also uh, mentored guys like ken emmanuel who was an acc pitcher of the year and a first team all-american uh, back in 2013 and uh for Gaines, his his career was sidetracked more by injuries than anything else had two tommy john operations but just kept coming back, and uh, it's it's that kind of fortitude that has made him as, as respected a coach as uh, as there is. And uh, Bryant Gaines, what do he say? Welcome back to Chapel Hill to a Carolina alum and a former assistant and a guy that you certainly want nothing but the best for 
Bryant Gaines after a three-year stint at uh, Liberty. And again, Liberty this past year, uh, 43 wins, tied a school record, a Sun Championship, and uh, a spot in the regionals. So uh, Coach Gaines has done it at Carolina, has done it at Liberty, and uh, we'll see what the 2020 baseball team starts to look like. It feels a little weird to start talking about 2020. We barely started 2019, at least on the academic calendar, and are already looking forward to 2020. But uh, these things, there really uh, never is a finish line in college athletics. You just keep on going, rinse and repeat, and there'll be another year happening before you and I know it. We've got to get to uh, our final timeout before we come down the stretch. I think we can still say that on our Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show. Dave Nathan again sitting in for DG, and we'll put a bow on our entire broadcast when we come back after this on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Uh, Darren Vaught playing the hits of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and today on the David Glenn Show. And for those in the know, they'll get the intersection of this song and UNC Day, won't they, Darren? They should. I've had people begging me via, twi via Twitter to, to play this one and I, because I haven't so far today. I've had people via Twitter begging me to unfollow them. <laughs> That's how my Twitter relationships work. <laughs> Creeping up on another Twitter milestone, though, Darren. We talk about that every once in a while when I'm sitting here in the director's chair. It always seems like I hit one of those nice round numbers when I fill in for DG. And we're close to hitting another one. I don't want to give away how few or how many followers <laughs> I've got. I don't really put my stock in that, but we're close to hitting another milestone here on our Voices of Carolina edition of the David Glenn Show. We started talking football with Kate Fortin and Jace Reuter and Sam Howe. We will begin our final segment with some football as well. Back to some hot news items of uh, the week. Carolina football, it's uh, opening training camp for the public and students on Monday in Keenan Stadium. So mark your calendars, watches, and timepieces accordingly. August the 19th, Keenan Stadium, the Tar Heel football team set to practice from 8 to 10 p.m. Fans can access... Keenan Stadium via gates two and three and sit along the north sideline in sections 105, 106, 107, and 108. Students should sit in the student section at the west end of the stadium, and Coach Brown will address the students following the workout. Parking available in the Rams head deck, the uh, Bell Tower deck, Craig Bowles, uh, the Boschmer lot. Uh, it, it almost makes it sound like parking's on a college campus can be relatively easy. And again, with students and everybody coming back, rarely is that ever the case. Darren, I, I thought I pulled a fast one past my uh, my alma mater as I racked up ticket after ticket and violation after violation for years, and never once did I lose access to anything. Right up until it was graduation week, and my mother got a note from the university that said, um, you owe us a bundle going back several years or your son will not graduate. Well, you at that point... That was when it was time to pay the piper. 
Well, you know, that's funny because that's the word at every every college and university, right? <laughs> it, it's it's if you do not pay your parking tickets or pay those fines, you will not have access to your degree or yeah. transcripts or anything like that. Dave, I think I still owe Emory and Henry College Oof. for parking tickets. I mean, I still owe them. That's let's make no mistake. <laughs> private liberal arts institution in 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 the corner of southwestern Virginia. I owe them. Believe me. But uh, I think I still technically owe them for parking tickets, and I've I've had access to transcripts, and you know, for the past seven years. Are you going to pay? I mean, for the university that puts you on the fast track to produce the <laughs> David Glenn show, don't you think you owe them? I owe them enough. I'm not worried about it right now. <laughs> if they need it, they'll call for it. Well, my mother called me one of those days and said, uh, "I don't know where this is coming from, but I know it's not me." And so I started looking in seat cushions and couches and stuff to try to raise some funds to pay off all these violations. I got the job done. I got the diploma and, uh, and I got the heck out of town after I paid off everything for, uh, for my school's diploma. It was worth it. It was worth it. Fortunately, that's uh, well, maybe not the last time I've been ticketed for parking poorly, but it was the last time that somebody promised to withhold something if I didn't pay up. It's the lessons you learn now, you know, a dollar 75 an hour to park. Now it seems like a drop in the bucket, but when you're back in school, man, that's a, that's a soda. That's that's part of a dinner out. Uh, you tell me, are you willing to go without food versus a good parking spot that you're not paying for? It adds up. I get it. I get it. These are the tough questions you have to ponder when you're a poor, broke student at uh, whatever university you attend. So anyway, uh, there's that going on with Carolina. There's also this on the women's soccer side of things. Again, if you have uh, not been privy to the news, Carolina women's soccer team playing its only exhibition match of uh, the season tomorrow at 10 a.m. versus Lyon. It's going to be at Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary. It was previously announced as a scrimmage at the new UNC Soccer and Lacrosse Stadium on campus, but it's been moved to accommodate the Lyon travel schedule. Lyon, by the way, is participating in the International Champions Cup with games on Thursday and Sunday in Cary at Wake Med Soccer Park. Carolina women's soccer team starts playing for real on August the 22nd versus Indiana at 6.30 p.m. So that's what's happening with Carolina women's soccer. And that date of August the 22nd, also pertinent in that one week from today, the ACC network launches some three years after Commissioner Swafford announced it publicly at Operation Kickoff. All these days and months and years later, the ACC network seven days away from launching you can go to the acc.com they've got one of those countdown clocks right at the top of the uh, the banner keeping you apprised of when the acc network will launch well our voices of carolina edition of the david glenn show for what was it a third consecutive year it's come and gone all to for the three archives in my three for, well you're batting a thousand you're kind kinder than some <laughs> who might evaluate this broadcast but we'll leave that for another time uh, D, uh, DG's going to be back, I think, on Monday. It's Hornets Talk tomorrow. Dave Nathan signing off and saying so long and farewell for the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.